So we've been talking about living uncommon since the beginning of the year. We've talked about all, all, different, all different aspects of living uncommon because that's uh, God's desire uh, for us as, as his children, for us to live uncommon. You know, to live uncommon. Can you say that? To live uncommon. You know, to live above the norm. That we don't live like the rest of the world, but we live as kingdom people. Amen? Kingdom people. Hallelujah. The greater one lives on the inside of us. The, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. That he placed the Holy Spirit down on the inside of us to not only be with us, to be, be in us. And it, that, that, that entity that God's placed on the inside of us, his very nature and self, is for us to not live normal, but to live supernatural. And that's what we're, how we're called to live as believers. And, and this whole series started in Acts chapter 10. And we, we talked about God said, don't call, don't call common what, what I've made uncommon. And he's talking about, he's really dealing with Peter. And he's talking about the Gentiles. Meaning, meaning yeah, you, you see them as ordinary people. You see them as something less than. But I never created them to be less than. So don't, don't see God's not, don't call yourself average. Don't call yourself normal. Don't call yourself. Well, well, I'm just this or I'm just that. No, no. You have the greater one living on the inside of you. Hallelujah. The power of God flows through your veins. The, 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 the anointing of God is working in you. Amen. Hallelujah. So I'm, I'm excited about getting in the word tonight. And tonight I'm going to talk about, about living uncommon, but I'm going to talk about hearing God and being led by his voice. You know, in, in some circles, um, this is not a widespread topic in Christianity as a whole. You know, you, you go to some, some circles in Christianity and, and you talk about hearing the voice of God. They'll be like, you can hear his voice. You, you can hear his voice. Hear his voice. He, he wants to direct us by his voice. You know, God doesn't lead us by circumstances. He doesn't lead us through, through sickness or disease. You know, according to John chapter 10, that he, said that he says that, 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 that he is our shepherd. And the voice of a stranger we wouldn't follow. So with that, that if, we, if he is our shepherd, then that, that, that means that as his shepherd, that we have the ability to hear his voice. That needs to be big. That, that had to become big on the inside of me many years ago. I got born again in 1993 and, and just was letting, really, even though I was born again, I was letting circumstances lead me. I was letting emotions lead me. I was letting everything else lead me, but not realizing as a believer, as a child of God, that I have the ability to tap in to his voice. I have the ability to hear from God. Go to uh, Psalm chapter 23. Psalms 23. And verse 1 says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul... He leadeth me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. 
Thou prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now in this, we, we are talking about the shepherd tonight. Because that's how God leads us. He doesn't lead us through condemnation. He leads us by his voice. He leads us by his word. And tonight's not going to be an all-encompassing teaching on hearing the voice of God or being led by the Holy Spirit. But it, just the importance that I, that I want to deposit is that he wants to speak to you personally and he wants to speak to you directly. That's his heart for the believer, that he wants to speak to you personally and directly. Yes, he can speak to you through through the pastor or through the teaching or through um, through other people, through podcasts, through 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 instruction by by different messages or through a prophet or different things like that. But but more importantly, you need to know as a believer, he wants to speak to you per, per, personally and directly. I want to say that again. He wants to speak to you personally and directly. Here in this psalm, we're talking about the shepherd that he leads us. You know, so here he talks about that though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not fear no, I will fear no evil. But what we have to understand that what he wants to lead us through. If he wants to, he wants to uh, uh, set a table before us in the presence of our enemies, he wants to lead us to that table. It's, it's his desire to lead us and direct us in every aspect of our lives. It's his desire to lead us. Go to John chapter 16. John chapter 16. Hope you have your uh, either a notepad ready or your uh, thumbs ready to. We are a word church, so uh, we, we, we go to the word. <laughs> the word is, is anointed in and of itself. So John chapter 16, verse 13, says, How be it when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you, or you could say lead you, into all truth. So it's his desire to lead us in all truth. All truth. He wants to lead us. He wants to guide us. The Holy Spirit has been made available by Jesus to us to direct us and to guide us. Jesus was dependent upon the leadership of the Holy Spirit. You know, Jesus didn't do miracles. Jesus didn't do any mighty works until after he was, until he was baptized by the Holy Spirit, baptized in water, coming up out of the water. And it said, and as like a dove, it wasn't a dove, but like a dove, the Spirit of God descended upon him, and that's when God, Jesus, heard a voice from heaven saying, this is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. And next thing you know, it said, then the Holy Spirit led Jesus. And we know throughout uh, Jesus' teaching, we knew that he only did what he, what he saw the Father do. We only know that he only said what he heard the Father say. Jesus was dependent upon the leadership of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, I've got to go away. It's expedient. It's advantageous that I go away because if I do not go away, the Holy Spirit cannot come. Amen. And right here, he says that the Holy Spirit will guide us into all truth, meaning he wants to lead us into all truth. Yes. 
Jesus was so dependent upon the voice of his father, the voice of the spirit. That's why it's so, so important for him to spend time with his heavenly father, getting direction, going to a, going to a hillside, going to a private place. And it wasn't just so he could tell God his needs. No, it was so he could pray. And prayer is not a monologue, it's a dialogue. Prayer is communion with God. It's communication with God. It's not just talking to God, but it's allowing God to now speak to you. Jesus was determined to hear. He was, he was counting on this for his success in life. And I believe that us... Hearing the voice of God is going to be the determination of our success and victory in our lives as believers. See, we're called to win in life. We're called to be victorious in life. But part of that is going to come, come to us as, as, as setting our face in a position to not just seek the Lord, but to hear from the Lord. Jesus was dependent upon this. You know, uh, it's interesting when we look at the... We talk about the lordship of Jesus. We can talk about uh, we can talk about a lot of things about Jesus, but oftentimes we don't talk about the humanity of Jesus. The humanity of Jesus. There was times where where he hungered. There was times where he was he was hurt. There was times when when you know he looked over Jerusalem and he and he wept over them and 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 he said, "Oh, they were they were like a sheep without a shepherd." And, and he makes a statement in John chapter 5, I believe it's verse 30. And he makes a statement and, and he says this. He said, he goes, as I hear, I judge. Why do I bring out the humanity of Jesus in this? Because everything he heard, first he had to judge it. That let me know that everything that Jesus heard wasn't from God. That's a revelation there that, that Jesus had to, Jesus had to, in his time with God, he had to receive, but he also had to judge it. Is this line up with the word of God? Is this line up with the nature of my father? Does this line up with, 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 with how, how my father speaks? So it says, as I hear, I judge. And he says, my judgment is right. But he had to judge it. Why? Because why? He wanted to be led by his father. He wanted to be directed by the father. Let's go to Romans chapter 8. <clears throat> Romans chapter 8. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're our teacher tonight. I yield to the teaching gift tonight. Hold on. Romans chapter 8, verse 8. Actually, look at verse 6. It says, For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because a carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can it be. For to be carnally minded, verse 6 again, for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. This is a scripture that you've heard me talk about for a year now, ever since things happened, um, you know, a year ago with, with coronavirus and things happening within our nation. 
that the Lord always brought us back to this, that to be carnally minded is death, to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So, so I don't know about you, but I'm out for life and peace. And if, if, I, if I don't have life and peace, then, then I'm probably being carnally minded. If I'm being swayed by what's happening in society, in the world, and what's happening in the news, then, then, and, and, that's, and that's controlling my emotions and controlling my attitude, I'm probably being carnally minded, right? So as believers, we're not to live carnally minded. We're to be spiritually minded because it's living from that perspective and living from that position that then we can operate in life and peace. Verse 7 says, because carnally mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can it be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But if you, but, but you are not in the flesh. Can you say that with me? I'm not in the flesh. I'm not in, I'm not in the flesh. He, I love how, but you are not meaning this, this is not how you're to be led. You're not to be led by your flesh. You're to be led by the spirit. But you're not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so be that the spirit of God dwelleth in you. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. Now we just talked about the spirit of Christ the Holy Spirit did what? Would guide us and direct us, right? Into all truth. But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so be that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you... He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. So this spirit that guides us dwells in us. This same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, it quickens our mortal bodies. I think Romans chapter 8 is so full of like probably hundreds of messages, sermons, just in this one chapter. So there's so many different, different directions we could go. But verse 12 says, therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. Meaning you, you don't owe your flesh anything. <laughs> you, don't, you don't owe your flesh anything. For if you live after the flesh, you shall die. But if you through the spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. Verse 14, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are sons of God. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they're sons of God. So I could say it this way, as a son of God, I am to be led by the Spirit of God. Whosoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. If I'm born of God, that means I'm a son of God, right? So if I'm, then now if I look at this, if I'm a son of God, I am to be led by the spirit of God, not led by my flesh, not led by circumstances, not led by news, not led by doctor's reports, not led by what, what my bank account looks like. I'm to be led by the spirit. 
For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. But you have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. In the spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Hallelujah. The spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. You're a child. Look to your neighbor and say, I'm a child of God. Now, as we saw, the flesh cannot please God. But understand you're not in the flesh, but you're in the spirit. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. So there's two things that we have to overcome if we're going to be led by the Spirit in, the, in these few verses. We're going to have to overcome our flesh, and we're going to have to overcome fear. There, there's, there's two primary principles that, that we see in here, that two things that will keep us being led by the Spirit, being directed by the Spirit, are going to be our flesh and fear. So we have to overcome the flesh and the fear in order to be led. Hallelujah. Because if we're really honest with ourselves, most of the time, except maybe on a Sunday morning, (laughs) brief windows of opportunities, we're inundated by things that are always going to challenge our flesh and challenge us with fear. Millions of church people, I believe, don't believe that God can personally, that you can, that believer can personally and directly hear from God. Even if the men, I, I, I've said this in different places and, and talking to people just, you know, even out with ministers that I, I do, do a lot of stuff with the police and, and being out with other pastors and, then, and in a conversation. And I'd, he's like, you hear from God? You hear, you hear God's voice? What? God leads us by his spirit, not exterior things. Hallelujah. We're not to be led by maybe natural closed doors. We're not to be led by job losses, struggles, setbacks, or disappointments. We're to be led by God. Go to Psalms 32. Psalms 32. Thank you, Father. Psalms 32. Hallelujah. Verse 8. I'm going to read in the Amplified. Thank you, Lord. Actually, look at verse 7. It says, you are, my hi- you are a hiding place for me, you. You, Lord, preserve me from trouble. You surround me with songs and shouts of deliverance. Verse 8 says, I, the Lord, will instruct you And teach you in the way that you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. Now think about this. This is is Old Testament. This is a psalmist writing to us. And and he's speaking to us of what the Lord has to say. And he says, I the Lord will instruct you and teach you in the way that you should go. 
You know, Proverbs in two different places in Proverbs, I believe it's Proverbs 14 and then also Proverbs 16, I believe it is. It says there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end of thereof can be destruction, is destruction. Meaning, meaning I, I'm not to focus on necessarily ways that seem right. I, I don't want to live my life based on things that seem right. I, I, I want to live my life in confidence. I want to live my life knowing that, that, that I, I'm taking a step in faith. Even though, even though there could be some unexpected things in the natural, yet I'm stepping in confidence knowing that God is faithful to his word. Here, he says that he will instruct instruct us in the way that we should go. And I will counsel you with my eye upon you. So this is how the Lord wants to direct. He wants to direct us. Know Know that God wants to direct your life. Direct every aspect of your life. Lead you and guide you into all truth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, just before I keep reading here, in Proverbs 3, it's a you know, familiar scripture. To, it tells us to trust in the Lord with all our heart. Amen. And what not lean on our own understanding, on what seems right, on our own understanding, but in all your ways, at what acknowledge Him. And what He will direct your path. He, he can only direct you in areas that you acknowledge him in. If you're not giving him a position in a place to speak, he can't speak in that area of your life. He can only direct you in areas you acknowledge him in. Then it says this in verse 9. It says, don't be like the horse or the mule. Don't be that guy. (laughs) Don't be like the horse or the mule, which lack understanding, which must have their mouth held firm with a bit and a bridle, or else they will not come with you. See, this is all about, see, this is all about, don't be, don't be like the mule. That lacks understanding. Meaning, you have to have a device. You have to have something to, in order to direct you. Don't be like the horse. Don't be like the mule. Thank you, Father. We're not to be led by bits or bridles. We're not to be led by circumstances or sickness or disease or trouble. We're to be led by the Spirit. The contemporary English version says this. It says, you said to me, I will point out the road that you should follow. I will be your teacher and watch over you. Don't be stupid like horses and mules that must be led with ropes to make them obey. That's not how God leads. That's, that's, how, that's, how, that's how humans lead. That's how man leads. That's how other people try to lead. If I just beat them into submission, or I just do, you know, no, don't, don't, let's not be like horses and mules. And it says that they're, they're this way because they lack understanding. 
They lack understanding, meaning they don't truly realize and they don't have the ability to follow the voice of the master. We use so many things in life sometimes to give us direction and even to rationalize whether we're in the will of God or not. You know, well, I I didn't get that job, so therefore it must not have been God's will. Just because you didn't get the job the first time, all of a sudden that just means it wasn't God's will? I mean, there's a lot of things. You know, I didn't get into that school, so maybe maybe it wasn't the will of God. Well, well, maybe try a second time. Maybe try a third time, a fourth time, a fifth time. I mean, how many times was it that Abraham Lincoln ran for president before he actually won? I mean, we, we, we base things in the natural. Well, well, I guess God just, just, just closed that door. Well, wait a minute. Well, you, maybe you didn't hear from God the first time. Or maybe you were doing and going the direction you wanted to go and just wanted God to bless it. <laughs> There's a way that seems right. You know, or, you know, well, well, God, if that parking place is open, <laughs> right in front of the, the donut place, uh, it must be your will. <laughs> That's the favor of God. That park, it's, it must be the Lord. I mean, we, I know we're laughing and, and, it, and it's silly and it's, but it's true. We, we try to, we, put, we, we try to put God in parameters. We, we put, we put the, okay, God, you operate this way. You do this and do this. And we try to figure it all out instead of, okay, what does his word say? And what do I hear him speaking to me right now? I know for me, the biggest issue or, I, or when I've, miss the mark, so to speak, is when I haven't taken the time to hear or stay there long enough until I get a complete picture of what the next step is. We're not to live, we're not, we're not to, we're not to live our life based on reasoning. Thank you, Father. Go to Ephesians 5. Ephesians 5. Well, we thank you for your word. I thank you that we hear your voice and a stranger's voice we do not follow. Thank you, Father. Ephesians 5. Verse 17 says, therefore, do not be vague or thoughtless and foolish, but understanding and firmly grasping what the will of the Lord is. The King James says, wherefore, be not unwise, but understanding 
what the will of the Lord is. Don't, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Another thing I want you to see tonight is you have a right to know his will for your life. He tells him, don't be unwise or foolish. Amplified, elaborates, or vague, or thoughtless. Meaning, meaning, don't just go through the motions in your life. Don't just live haphazardly. Don't just be vague. What's vague? Meaning, it's not a clear picture. It's just kind of foggy. It's kind of hazy. Meaning, you don't have to go through life unsure. But we can understand. When you understand something, you know something. You know, we, we know in the Proverbs, it's, all, it's filled with this, where it says that wisdom is the principal thing. But yet I believe also in Proverbs 4, it says, I don't know if it's chapter 4 or not, it says, but in what all thy getting, what get understanding. So, so knowledge, wisdom, understanding. Understanding is the ability on how to apply knowledge and wisdom. So it's not telling, it's, it's telling me, don't just, don't be vague. Don't, don't just go through the motions in life, but what? Understand what the will of the Lord is. And the very next verse says, don't be drunk with wine. Don't be drunk with wine, but be ye filled with the Spirit. So, so we have to understand the fact that, that I, I can know the will of God. But how am I going to know the will of God when I'm refusing to live? What does he say? Don't get drunk with wine. Don't get intoxicated with wine. Meaning, don't be so filled up on natural things. Don't get intoxicated by, by everyday natural life. But instead, be filled with the Spirit. See, it's when I'm filled with the Spirit, then now I'm going to be able to have understanding what the will of the Lord is. So I have a right to know the will of God, that God wants me to personally and directly hear from Him. The, the Word of God, this, is a, this whole book is all about hearing God. It is. Every person that sat down to write the 40 different authors over a 1500 year period of time that wrote these words all did it. What? Because they personally and directly heard from God. So this is something that people directly was inspired by God. When they heard his voice. This book is filled with God said from the beginning to end. Hallelujah. So when, when did that change? It hasn't. It hasn't. 
The same, the same book that we live our lives by in, in the same way that he did things from the foundation of the earth and the, the foundation of the world. The same way he did things is the same way he continues to operate today. And he wants to continually to speak to us personally and directly. As I said earlier, Jesus heard personally and directly. Now we're going to go, let's go to Acts chapter 8, and we're going to go throughout the book of Acts, and we'll do this quickly. <clears throat> Getting something out of this tonight. Oh, say this I hear the voice of my Father. And a stranger's voice. I do not follow. I hear God personally and directly. Now, this is the way God, God's op- operated uh, throughout, uh, throughout the Old Testament. It's, it's what got us the word of God that we have today. It's how we should live our lives. But let's look at the church and how when the church was established, just some different things in, as it pertains to hearing God personally and directly. <clears throat> Acts chapter 8, verse 29. I could actually probably start it all the way in, in Acts chapter 1, but for the sake of time, we'll start here. Acts chapter 8. Then the Spirit said unto Philip... Go near and join thyself to this chariot. And Philip ran. And Philip ran. So the Spirit said something and Philip responded. Hallelujah. Go to Acts chapter 9. Verse 10. And there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him said the Lord in a vision. Ananias. And he said, behold, I am here, Lord. Now think about it. This is how God, this is how God in the spirit of God was operating to those in the New Testament church. This isn't Jesus we're talking about. These are, these are believers that have been filled with the Holy Spirit. And here he is, a, a disciple. And, and, and to him said the Lord in a vision, Ananias. And he said, behold, I am here, Lord. And the Lord said to him, arise and go into a street which is called Straight and inquire in the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus for behold he prays and has seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him that he might receive his sight but all was, all this was based on what hearing God's voice personally and directly go to Acts chapter 10 verse 19 and while Peter thought on the vision the Spirit said unto him, Behold, three men seek thee. It didn't say, didn't say this. While Peter thought on this, and he realized that this could be a good idea. 
There's no way he could do that. How was he going to know three men were going to be seeking him? You know, you know what? Hmm. You know what? I think three men are looking for me. You know what? Maybe it's four. Maybe it's two. Three. Let me roll the dice. No, this was something personally. And this is something directly. Hallelujah. While Peter thought on the vision, the spirit said to him, behold, three men seek thee. Arise, therefore, get thee down and go with them, doubting nothing. For I have sent them. Then Peter went down to the men which were sent unto him from Cornelius and said, Behold, I am he who you seek. What is the cause wherefore you are to come? And they said, Cornelius, the centurion, a just man, and one that feareth God and of good report among all nations of the Jews, was warned from God by a holy angel to send for thee into his house and to hear words of thee. So just in that, in that scripture, we can see that two people had to hear. Cornelius and Peter. Let's go to Acts chapter 11. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Acts chapter 11, verse 12. Thank you, Lord. And the Spirit bade me go with them. Amplified says, and the Holy Spirit instructed me to accompany them without the least hesitation or misgiving or discrimination. So these six brethren accompanied me also, and we went into the man's house. And he related to us how he had seen the angel in his house, which stood and said to him, send men to Joppa and bring Simon, who is surnamed Peter. See, we see this again. And the spirit bid me go with them. Nothing doubting. So what? The Spirit was instructing them. Verse 13 again. And showed us how he had seen an angel in his house, which stood and said to him. Wow. This is New Testament. This, this, is, this is how you and I are to be living our lives. Amen. The book of Acts is still being written today. Verse, look at verse 14 in the same chapter. Let me read verse 13 again. And he related to them how he had seen the angel in the house which stood and said to him, Send men to Joppa and bring Simon who is surnamed Peter. Now listen to this. He will give and explain to you a measure, message by means of which you and all your household will be saved. When I begin, And then verse 15 says, When I begin to speak... The Holy Spirit fell on them just as he did on us at the beginning. Then I realized the declaration of the Lord. How he said, John indeed baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Wow. Thank you, Father. Let's go to Acts chapter 13. Acts chapter 13, verse verse 1. Now in the church at Antioch, there were prophets, inspired interpreters of the will and purposes of God and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, 
Lucius of Cyrene, Menaean, a member of the court of Herod, the Tatriarch, and Saul. While they worshiped the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Separate now me, separate now for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I've called them. So as they worshiped, as they put themselves in a position to hear, the Spirit spoke, gave direction, gave guidance. Let's go to Acts chapter 16. Now, this is by no means everything in the book of Acts about this, but I want you to hear, I would just want you to see, and there's something to go on the inside of you that you have, you have a hunger to hear his voice. Amen. Acts chapter 16, verse 6. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. And Paul and Silas passed through the territory of whatever that word is, Phrygia, Phygia, that word, and Galatia, having having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to proclaim the word in Asia. Amplify, King James says, now when they had gone through that place in the region of Galatia and were forbidden of the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia, after they were come to Mysia, they essayed to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit suffered them not. And they, passing by Mysia, came down to Trous, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. They stood, there stood a man of Macedonia and prayed him, saying, Come over into Macedonia and help us. And after he had seen the vision, immediately we endeavored to go to Macedonia, assuredly gathering that the Lord had called us for to preach the gospel unto them. So here, the Holy Spirit forbade them. They were forbidden to go to Asia? Now, wait a minute. Now, hold on. Now, we've talked about the Great Commission, Right? Go into all the world and preach the gospel? So we know that's a word from God, right? To go into all the world and preach the gospel, but yet God didn't want them going there. The Holy Spirit forbid them. So you can... See... I'll just read what I wrote down. The Great Commission says go. But maybe at this point, the people where you would be going aren't ready for you. Maybe there's some places that won't receive you. And maybe if you went to some places, they might kill you before you fulfill your calling. See, hearing his voice is everything. You can say, oh, well, he told me to go into all the world and preach the gospel. You know, Paul could have said that, but he said, no, he forbid me to go there. So one of the things that I pray over, over my family, our children, I pray over, we pray over you, is that you are always in the right place doing the right thing with the right people at the right time. Amen. Because that's where success is. That's where your protection is. 
Hallelujah. Go to Acts 20. Thank you, Father. Acts 20, verse 22, I believe it is. It says, and now you see, I'm going to Jerusalem bound by the Holy Spirit and obligated and compelled by the convictions of my own spirit, not knowing what will befall me there. Say that the Holy Ghost witnesses in every city saying that bonds and afflictions abide me. So there was times where the Holy Spirit forbade him and there's times where, where, where the Holy Spirit told him to go. But understanding God wants us to know the will of God and he wants to personally and directly speak to us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Go to John chapter 10, and I'll close with this. Remember, we're not to be led by circumstances. We're not to be led by disappointments, not to be led by what things look like in the natural. Before I get to John 10, there's a familiar story in the Old Testament and in, in the book of Kings where it talks about Elijah and talks about how, how he, was, he was going through a, a lot of different things. There was, he was, uh, he was, had just run from, from Jezebel, Ahab, and had, had run, that, run that time and, and, just, and just knew that he was going to be killed. And uh, he, he gets alone with God, and, 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 and he makes a statement. It said that, that God wasn't in the whirlwind. It says he wasn't in the fire. But it was the still small voice. So it's not about the circumstances. It's not about how loud everything else might be around you. But it's the still small voice. I brought that up. I don't know if it was in both services or just one of the services on Sunday, but I talked about having conversations with God and just asking those questions. Like this past Sunday, I said, you know, are you Lord of all? And just wait for a response. He will speak to you. He will speak to you. He'll, he'll give you direction. He'll change this, do this, that. You know, and I'm telling you, hit... Hearing from the voice of God, the Bible says in James, it says the wisdom that comes from above is first of all peaceable. Like I said, this is an all-encompassing, probably need to stay on track because there's so much that I could talk about, about the importance of being led by the Spirit and hearing the voice of God. How to hear His voice and those different things here. But, but more for tonight, just staying with this point of being personally and directly, He wants to speak to you. Let's look at verse 1 of John chapter 10. I assure you most solemnly, I tell you, he who does not enter by the door into the sheepfold but climbs up some other way is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. The watchman opens the door for this man and the sheep listen to his voice and heed it. 
and he calls his own sheep by name, and he brings them out. When he has brought his own sheep outside, he walks on before them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. They will never on any account follow a stranger, but will run away from him because they do not know the voice of a stranger or recognize their call. Jesus used this parable with them, but they did not understand what he was talking about. So Jesus said again, I assure you most solemnly, I tell you that I myself am the door for the sheep. All others who came as such before me are thieves and robbers, but the true, true sheep did not listen to and obey them. I am the door. Any, anyone enters in through me will be saved, will live, will come in and will go out freely and find pasture. The thief comes only to order to steal, kill, and destroy. Now, wait a minute. Now, we, I know we, we talk about this a lot as it pertains to the nature of the enemy and the nature of God, correct? The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus comes to give life in abundance. Now, that's no, we're not taking anything away from the scripture when we talk about that. But as we look at this in context, what is he saying? He is saying when we listen to wrong voices... We will be stolen from the wrong voice to do what? The wrong voice will, will steal, kill and destroy. When we heed the wrong voices, the wrong voice will steal and kill and destroy from us. But when we listen to the voice of the good shepherd, we align ourselves with abundant life. Now, see, when you see that scripture in context, like I said, it's nothing wrong thinking about the other other way. But in context, it's understanding that what voice that I'm listening to is either going to bring about stealing, killing, destroying or abundant life. So when I heed his voice, when I listen to his voice, it brings about abundant life. Thank you, Father. Verse 11 says, I am the good shepherd. And the good shepherd risks and lays down his own life for the sheep. Verse 14 says, I am the good shepherd. And I know and I recognize my own. And my own know and recognize me. Thank you, Father. Let's go to verse 25. Jesus answered them, I told you and you believe not. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. But you believe not because you're not of my sheep. And I said to you, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Now get a picture. Here we have the good shepherd. The shepherd does what leads us. So we also know the sheep hear his voice. And when we hear his voice, it said, nothing shall pluck us out of his hand. The next verse says, my father, which gave them me is greater than all. And no man is able to pluck them out of my father's hand. So when we are being led by God, you have to understand when I'm choosing to be led by God, I'm in the hand of Jesus. But also then we are in the hand of God. But it's all based on what voice are we heeding? What voice are we listening to? 
Never say, I can't hear God's voice. Don't let that come out of your mouth another day in your life. I cannot hear his voice. And never say this. Number two, never say this. God doesn't speak to me. Don't ever say that. Because we know from this scripture right here, if you are his, you hear his voice. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for your word tonight. And we thank you that you have brought us into your kingdom. Father, we thank you that you are the good shepherd. You're the good shepherd. And I thank you as a good shepherd, you're leading us into abundant life. And every single one of us hear your voice. I thank you that you speak to us every day by your still small voice. Every day, your still small voice leads us and directs us and guides us. Thank you, Father. <clears throat> I'll tell you a story real quick. I just, just had this in my heart. <clears throat> 21 years ago, the Lord spoke to me. It was January 23rd of 1990, uh, sorry, 1999, and the Spirit of God came into the apartment that I was in. I was visiting some friends here uh, in, in Texas and, and just to get direction for my life at that time. And, and the Spirit of God came into that room and it's so strong that I could barely stand to my, I couldn't stand any longer. It just put me to the ground. And just, it was like a weight was on my shoulders and, and just, it was just the glory of God. And, and I, I heard his voice. I heard the voice of God. One, I had set myself to hear from God. And Lord, I, I'm here, I'm leaving Maryland and coming here because I need direction because I sense that, I, I, that there's, there, there's, there's something that you're wanting to do in my life. And, and on that Wednesday, on that Wednesday, he spoke to me and said, you would be in Texas for the majority of the rest of your life. And so I got up from that, from that encounter and had some decisions to make. I had, I had a lot of opportunities for, for things that taught me out of that. Whether, what, what am I going to do for a job? How, how am I going to get out of debt? Or how are these going to happen to see me go into that, to, 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 to walk into that? And, and uh, I'm getting to a point here. There's a lot to that story. <clears throat> but fast forward, I moved to Texas. And it was my, uh, it was my first full week here. And I, and I remember uh, being in that same in that same house I had to stay with some friends I didn't have a place to live yet and I was in that same in that same house and and I was about to go to a meeting there was a meeting some meetings going on at that time out at Eagle Mountain it was called it was called 30 days of glory and they had like four services a day for for uh for the whole month of September and and they did it for a couple years in a row and then it turned a week of refreshing and and things like that and 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 I, I remember I was wanting to go and I I, I wanted I, I was wanting to go to that service and and and, and I, I want to go to that service and every time I went to to get ready to go to the service there was something in, in my in the Holy Spirit said don't go and I'm like don't go I'm like get behind me Satan I'm going to church. I'm going to go hear the word. I'm going to go get in the presence of God. I, I'm, going to, I'm, going to 30, I'm going to go to 30 days of glory. 
I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm stepping out in, in, in new territory. I'm in a new, new city. And, you know, I just, just finished the job I've been working in sales and marketing for five years. I'm, I'm launching out all that God has for me. And, and so, so th- then I heard, don't, don't go, don't go. I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm going to this meeting. I, I grab my keys. I go out to the car and, and it started, I back, I, I back out and, 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 and the Holy Spirit says, don't go. Okay, don't go. All right. Pull back. And I was like, wait a No, I, I need to go because, you know, th- this, this particular minister is speaking. I, I want to hear this. I've never heard him in person speak, but I, I want to hear this minister speak. I turn my car back on. You're, I bind you, devil. I bind you. You're, and I back out. I, I get on. I get on uh, they lived in Meadow Creek. And so I got on, I got on McCart and was head, and heading down McCart. Right where, right where um, uh, the Great Commission uh, Baptist Church is, on the opposite side, right kind of close to where you turn off to where you live, uh, Brenda. And it's almost right around that time, Holy Spirit spoke to me again and said, said, turn the car around and go back. But at this time, it was a little more authoritative. I said, okay, I went back. Now, I, 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 I don't know what I missed. I don't know what tragedy maybe then that that may, I may have missed. I don't know. And that's not me to know. I I I just I, I but because what happened is I forgot to say this point is be, when I when I started heading down and before that authoritative voice he said, and this is what I heard. He goes, the same voice that called you here is the same voice that's speaking to you now. And that was something on the side. I was like, okay, that was like, all right, this is. I need to turn around. And I said, I can't say that, you know, what I just knew. I was being obedient. Just being directed and just little things. You'll never know things that maybe were subverted or things that you missed or things that you'll never know. God wants to speak to you personally and directly. You receive this word tonight. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Give God praise for his word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And just remember that. Don't ever say, God doesn't speak to me and I never hear his voice. Don't say that. Because I just laid out in scripture <laughs> pretty extensively that he wants you to hear his voice. Amen. Amen. Oh, thank you for pulling on the word tonight and letting me teach tonight. Believe that you'll go back and listen to this again. I believe it will strengthen you. It will equip you and it will power you. Amen. I love Wednesday nights. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I love church in general. So.